Welcome to the HU Pirateship Podcast. You can find us at www.hupirateship.com where we talk about the pirates. I'm your host, Big Reek, along with Hampton Knight from the HU Pirateship. What's going on, man? It's been a couple weeks, huh? Yeah, it's been it's, it's been quite a while, man. I mean, you know, it's a pretty interesting year for, you know, Hampton Pirates. So, yeah, you know, been, been a while. Yep. Yeah, so basketball season for the MEAC and the Pirates is officially over, so we're going to talk about that. Uh, yeah, today's show we're going to um, discuss the amazing uh, Lady Pirates MEAC tournament run. Uh, we'll also recap the men's tournament uh, performance and then talk about their CBI uh, tournament game at Coastal Carolina. And then we'll just jump into the other MEAC postseason results and then just talk about MEAC news, coaches, firings, and rumors, and all kind of nonsense. So we'll get into that. And uh, again, we'll start off first with the Lady Pirates. Man, they got hot uh, in the MEAC tournament. I mean, they, they started to figure out who they wanted to be this year after all the injuries. And then by the end of the year and into the MEAC tournament, they got it together. Um, so they started out as the number three seed. They beat uh, University of Maryland Eastern Shore 66-56. to Then they beat North Carolina A&T 64-62. And then in the MEAC Championship game, they beat Bethune-Cookman, who was the number one, number one seed. They beat them 52-49. to um, So, I mean... It was it was probably the best tournament uh, run by six and, and, and one of his coach teams, uh, given all the injuries and the adversity. Um, they were missing four starters in that championship game. They were missing Ashley Bates, Chanel Green, uh, Chanel Green, and Malia Tate DeFritis, who's Hampton's number one all-time uh, Division One scoring leader. Um, so that's three starters they were missing there. And then uh, Kayla Lupo, she got injured. Uh, in that game in the first half against Bethune-Cookman and injured her ankle, so she was out. So they were missing four starters. And uh, they still pulled it out, and uh, they were rewarded with a 15 seed in the NCAA tournament and it ended up playing Duke. But uh, what do you think about that run before we get into that Duke game, man? What do you think about that run, Ham, tonight? You know what? I'm just going to go ahead and, and applaud uh, David Six. You know, I mean, that is a masterful job. I mean, when I say the term next man up, I, he meant the next, well, next woman That's up. right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you lose four of your top players, Tate DeFritis, Finney Smith, Lupo, and I think, was it Brown or, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, Green, uh, Green, sorry, yep. Green, yeah, and you lose those four, I mean, these are, I would say, very vital players to your, your, your scheme, you know, your system. And you're just playing with players that don't get that many practice reps. And you make a, a, a deep tournament run to win the MEAC tournament. You know, that is just a masterful job by David Six. And, you know, I mean, I mean, we are starting to approach, you know, he could be a legendary coach in the MEAC, you know. I mean, I think the run that he just did is unprecedented. And it goes to show that he... Could, he could switch up, you know, I would say schemes when, you know, certain players go down. And we have not seen that in a, that level of coaching in the women's MEAC since, I would say, uh, Pat Bibbs. Yep. And, you know, I mean, and she was a Hampton coach too. So, 
Um, it's really interesting, and I think that you know I'm very, you know, very appreciative of David Six. Indeed, indeed. I think yeah, he he's he's rewriting the record books for Hampton uh, basketball, especially for the ladies. So congratulations. So for their efforts, they were rewarded with a number two seed, number fifteen seed in the NCAA tournament. Uh, they opened the tournament against the number two seeded Duke Blue Devils in Durham. Um, everybody knew it was a tall task. I mean, Duke was 27-5, 13-3 in the ACC, 16-0 at home. I don't think they've ever lost in the first round, especially at home in the NCAA tournament. So everything was set up perfectly for them. Um, and then they have a, a point guard, man. She's nice. Uh, Lexi Brown. She was a finalist for the top point guard award in the in NCAA. So, I mean, she, she was just a beast. So the team was loaded. Um, and, Ham, and Hampton uh, gave a good effort, but I think the outcome was sort of what we expected. Uh, how it turned out, that was a little shocking. But um, Duke ended up winning that game 94-31. to 31. Had a front row seat for that. Um, the ladies came out with good energy. First quarter, it was encouraging. I mean, you know, they, they executed and played as well as they could have. And I think the game was close in the, in the, relatively close in the first quarter. Man, that second quarter, it might have been the worst offensive basketball I've ever seen, uh, especially from the Lady Pirates. They were outscored 31-2. to um, And that pretty much sealed the game right there. Um, for him to know, I mean, Jeffany Brown, I mean, I, I really hadn't noticed her much because we had Malia and all the other stars, but... I mean, she was balling, man. I mean, she, she did her thing. She had 18 points. Um, but uh, Hampton just couldn't stop the penetration, couldn't get the rebounds. Same story. but you know, And they were shorthanded as well. Um, but it, it was an ugly, uh, ugly end to a nice, strong run for the Lady Pirates, man. Did you catch into that game? It, it, it was <laughs> that second quarter, man. That was brutal. I'm just going to say this, ESPN, you are you ought to be ashamed of yourself because I did watch the game online and unfortunately they went away from the game. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can understand that this game wasn't a non-competitive game and and I think from their sense they wanted to, you know, save Hampton the embarrassment, but people wanted to watch the game even if it was a blowout. So I did catch a little bit of the game, and I did see them say, we're going to go switch over to another game. Mm. Basically, what they wanted to say was, we're going to switch to a competitive game. Yeah, yeah man. <laughs> and that switch was to, I think, what, Baylor and uh, Texas Southern. And that game was even worse than the blowout. Wow. <laughs> yeah, there so, were a couple of them, man. So, yeah. Yeah, it was. So, I don't know. I, I, I watched some of the game, and, you know, just like what you, you said, it was very competitive early. But, you know, I think Duke had, well, I'm going to say, I think, I know Duke had more horses, you know. And when, you know, David Six couldn't go to the bench, you know, like he could against Bethune. <laughs> mm -hmm. He basically uh, had to keep his um, players in, um, in there the whole game. So, and plus, I noticed one thing, um, the height disadvantage for, you know, the Lady Pirates, you know. You know, uh, you have Chanel Green, who's, you know, I'm not Chanel Green. You have some players that are, you know, ranging in the five foot three, you know. Mm. Um, and so, you know, that, I would say, is a problem. But, I mean, to, to each his own, I mean, 
Duke, you know, hats off to them. They're probably one of the best teams in the country. You know, the one thing I'll say, though, I did see since they were missing so many starters, like, seems like a lot of times when I'm watching the Lady Pirates, you know, during the Malia run, it was kind of like, give the ball to Malia and get out the way. But it did seem like they were, like, executing more plays, even though they were shorthanded. Like, I was like, holy crap, like, they're moving the ball and, you know, running some offense. And I'm, I'm not used to seeing that. Was I seeing anything there, or, or did you see, catch some of that, too? You know what they? You know what I would say this. Um, they did allow uh, Hampton to get most of its plays off. I just think once it came to the point where it's time to get a shot off, that was where the difficulty lies. You couldn't go. You couldn't put the ball in down low. Uh, it was harder to shoot from the perimeters because Dukes, you know, guards are you know they were pretty long, you know. <laughs> and if you did penetrate, you know, you got to get that ball off a lot quicker. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it was the expected outcome. But, you know, again, good effort. And, hey, it's better to be in than not be in. So, uh, good good effort by the ladies and good into the year. So, now, man, we can jump on over to the men. Uh, the men, what happened with them in the MEAC tournament? Um, let's see. They lost to the University of uh, UMES in the second round of the MEAC tournament. I mean, all of their warts were on display in that game. Poor shooting, weak inside presence, uh, poor finish. Um, so they were bounced out pretty early in the MEACs, unfortunately. Um, so they were rewarded with a play uh, to play Coastal Carolina in the CBI tournament. What's that, the College Basketball Invitational? I think that's what it stands for. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I think Eugene, uh, our athletic director, is on the committee of it. Yeah, good looking out. Good looking out. So <laughs> we, we got a seat, got an opportunity to play another game at Coastal Carolina. And Coastal, they were before that game, 16 and 17, 11 and 6 at home. Uh, they had lost in their tournament, so they got bounced out early too and uh, seemed pretty evenly matched. So um, that game was pretty, it was pretty well played uh, for most of the game. Uh, it was tied 31-31 at the half, but we ended up losing 83-67. to um, Coastal closed the game on a 29-12 run. And again, like most of our other games, uh, it just we did not finish strong. Uh, Coastal got on a run late and just sealed the whole thing. They were just getting layups. We were missing plays, going hero ball, and it went south quick. And then Coastal ended on a nice, strong run. Um... Yeah, not much else to say there, man. Again, same story's been, you know, throughout the year for the most part when we have fallen apart. I am a little disappointed. I'm not sure what the story is behind Lawrence Cooks and how much he plays. So I, I think towards the end, he actually started coming off the bench towards the end of the year. And it seems like when we need a shot, that's where we go. And I'm, and I'm, I'm not sure why he just didn't start and we didn't ride him early instead of trying to use him late in the game. So sure there's some strategy there um any thoughts on that coastal game or the MEAC run man you know what for the men's first let me just go ahead and say I know Bobby Collins was so happy you know the way that uh the the pressure that was on him at Hampton you know <laughs> yeah yeah I know 
But you know what though? I will say this too. I like I literally he literally comes around Hampton a lot too. Mm-hmm. For a lot of people who don't know. I, I've seen him at a few Hampton football games when he was coaching at Winston Salem and when he was at uh UMES. Mm-hmm. So he still has his ties in the community. Uh but I know he was happy to beat us. Um for the Coastal Carolina game, you know, it's Even though I think that we did have, uh, we, we figured out, uh, you know, what kind of team this was. You know, this was, I would say, a guard-oriented team. But we were never big down low. And I think, you know, it, you know, we were a one-dimensional team. You know, uh, 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 Marrow was basically a penetrator and a disher. You know, once he penetrated, you know, you normally had Astroth or... Uh, Barnes, Trevon Barnes in the wings, you know, in the wing, you know, for a good, I would say, either a, a great setup shot. And then you had Ogburns down low, who was a, you know, a physical presence at 6'9, 230. But, you know, these guys, I wouldn't say, are skilled enough to, you know, play the low post. So, you know, this is where Hampton struggled mightily. And it is shown in the majority of the games, you know, because if you saw UMES, they were a big team. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, Hampton got pushed around, you know, big time. And, you know, you can't just have players that are 6'9", 210 pounds, you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but you do, we do have a guy who's 6'9", 230, but, you know, he's kind of slow going up and down the court. I don't want to call him out. But anyway, just going going back to this Coastal game, um, I just think that, it, you know, it just looked like the game just ran out of gas, you know, it ran out of steam. And I just think that they missed, they missed, I would say, a veteran presence on this team. And just like you said with Cooks, I don't know why, uh, you know, he just came off the bench, you know, because I do think he is a very good shooter. And I would have, I would rather him stay in than, you know, some of the players that, you know, that are starting right now. So, I don't know. I just think this was a, a an experiment year for uh, Joiner, and that's all he did, you know, because we had a lot of combinations out there, and it looked like at some points, you know, it was starting to work, then it was just fall apart. So this is, was an experimental year, and so I think he's going to utilize the players that are coming in next year, and he would know where to put them and how to make the pieces fit. Yep, agreed, agreed. Definitely an experimental year. I mean, I remember at the beginning of the season during when in some interviews he said he had an opportunity to bring in some more transfers, but he decided to roll with the young guys he had and try and mix and match some things to see if he can and, and find some magic formulas there to, to make the team competitive, which I think it'll pay off. I mean, I, I saw some things I liked. Uh, they were, they have a lot of heart, but, you know, not a lot of, you know, smarts because of their, their age um, and experience. So I think that'll come out. I did like the competitive competitiveness. I like the athleticism. Now they just need some vets on the team, a transfer or two, uh, who can come in and just make that big shot or take over, and, and and keep the thing keep things calm when they when when things get tight at the end of the game. So that's what I'm I'm expecting to see next year. Some you know one or two maybe three transfers that can come in and can contribute and then let these guys still be the heartbeat of the team um, for next year. So 
be interesting to see uh, during the off year. I mean, all we really lose, man, is uh, Cooks and Astroth. I mean, Astroth, he was coming off the ACL, so he didn't really get busy until end of this year, actually. I think, like, if someone were to get him now, man, he would he would be a lot better. But I think his eligibility is done. Um, so, yeah, we bring everyone else back, man. So it'll be interesting next year. Certainly. Yeah, I, I, I can, I, you know what, and I agree. And But... I do think that we do need a, a veteran, I would say, forward, uh, somebody that can, uh, can penetrate on that wing. Um, uh, you know, I would say at least a, you remember a Darian Pelham. <laughs> you Yo, know, man, one of those yeah. guys. We got to <laughs> yeah. be now, that's, that's too much of a wish list. Yeah, man. Hey, Pelham say. was a pro. I mean, if he had his mind right, he, he could have been a pro. If not NBA, but somewhere. I mean, he was. Yeah. Yeah, he was. I think well, he's playing overseas. Yeah, you know? hey, that's pro. Hey, yeah. I, I, yeah. I was doing some. Re- some of those guys make some dough overseas, man. So. Absolutely, absolutely. Him, I would say I would take him or Quentin Chevious. We need something of that level. Yes. To get just there because Marrow still hasn't found his shot, and I think Barnes is you know has to get a little bit more confidence when you see him play, and I think Fisher uh, was it. Uh, uh, Charles Fisher, uh, he's just got to get big down low. You know, I mean, I mean, you have to get, he has to get mean. So we'll see. Um, I know we do have a transfer from TCU that's coming in. Hopefully, he can add some depth to the team and some veteran experience. But you know, it's a wait and see approach. Yeah, and you know who has potential, but I don't know why he he, he can't stay on the court is um, Ogburns. I mean, you'll see him do some work in the post. I mean, defensively is a work in progress, but offensively he's got moves. But maybe because of the defensive lapses, he can't stay on the court. But if he works on this game, he can have an impact. And if not next year, then the year after, he's got some talent. But yeah, there's definitely talent there. But, you know, for some reason, man, he's kind of lumbering. Yeah, you know, yeah. he he lumbers up and down that court. Like, 6'9", you know, if that's – and I want to say if you look in the NBA, you know, that's kind of like power forward or forward sides, you know. I mean, that's just – you know, that's a big guy. But I don't think you're supposed to be lumbering like a center at that size, you know. So yeah. – I mean, I think he probably need to work more on his footwork, you know. Just get up and down that court, man. Don't be the last guy, <laughs> you know, to set up on offense, you know. So, mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> but, but but, I agree with you. Yeah. Cool, man. So, yeah, that's it. That's, that's a good run uh, for the men, uh, rundown of the men. So, let's go on over to North Carolina Central. Of course, they won the MEAC. Uh, from start to finish, they were the best team in the MEAC this year. Run the re- won the regular season uh, crown, won the uh, MEAC tournament crown. I mean, they basically kicked everyone to sleep in the MEAC tournament. Um, so, by virtue of them winning the MEAC tournament, they get the automatic bid. They were in the first round of the uh, MEAC, uh, not the MEAC, the NCAA tournament this year. They ended up playing UC Davis. Uh, they lost to UC Davis 63-67. to 67. It was a winnable game for Central. They should have won that game, but I think some of their warts were on display as well. Some bad shooting, questionable questionable decisions down the, down the stretch, I think, ruined that game for them. Um, some folks were saying they deserved a better seed. I didn't think so. I think they got it about right. I mean, they were up and down 
and Miak play this year for us to get like a 15 seed or a 14 seed like they got a couple years ago. I mean, you've got to be dominant in, in the Miak uh, conference. And then losing in North Carolina A&T, who is the second worst team in the whole 300 and some odd NCAA <laughs> Division One basketball. <laughs> Can't lose to them, yeah. man. I don't care if they're if you're a rival or not. But so that hurt them, and that's what forced them to play that first round game at UC Davis. Um, one thing I do think I think it's a cautionary tale, though. I think one of the things that hurt Central was just they weren't a team at times. Um, um, you know, sometimes I remember Joyner would do this last year, man. Sometimes he would just shut up and let the guys work things out on the court because he had a those guys had gelled together as a team, and this team didn't do that. Uh, this central team, they they didn't always play together, and it showed at times on the court. And I think that's because they had so many transfers, and they hadn't gelled as a team. So a lot of hero ball, not trusting folks. A lot of showboating, you know, just it's extra stuff instead of making that extra pass, being extra fundamental to, to get the to get the basket or to get the stop. And I think that uh, hurt them down the stretch. I mean, listening to some of Moten's uh, press conferences throughout the year, I mean, he kind of sensed that this would was coming or would happen. So I think, you know, you've got to have transfers. That's the name of the game. But I think you've got to build your core in-house, homegrown talent, sort of like what Joyner's doing this year. If we can get a couple transfers, I think we'll do it right. Um, so I think that's what happened to Central. Um, their, their, their lack of chemistry caught up with them at the end, but a good year for them, man. And any thoughts on Central or that game against Davis, man? Well, you know what? I watched the game against Davis. You know, I just think that their inability to trust each other at the end of the game cost them the game because they had UC Davis on the ropes, and just the last two series of the game, they literally threw the game, gave the game away. Yeah. And, you know, you could just see Moten on the sideline, you know, just like, oh. <laughs> yeah. You know, not just disgusted, just deflated, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, he wore that checkered shirt looking like, I would say, Bear Bryant out there. <laughs> I mean, you don't wear uh, a, a nice outfit like that and just lose. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of flamboyant if you ask me. But, I mean, hell, I mean, uh, let me stop. But I'm just going to say this. They lost a playing game to UC Davis who hadn't been in the tournament, I think, what, 15, 16 years? Yeah. So, so, you know, that wasn't a good team. I mean, they they plowed through the MEAC, but that was just based on Moten's coaching, you know. You know, I mean, some of the players uh, that were on the, on, the, on the program, I would say, were very, you know, very good players because we played them last year. But, you know, they just – everybody was out for themselves, and you can, and you can tell, and they finally caught up with them against a an, an opponent who I didn't think was any good. It was just probably – it's just as bad as North Carolina Central. Yeah, yeah, nah. Yeah, they, they, <clears throat> they should have won that game. Should have won that game. But like I said, that's why – even before the game, I thought the seeding was right because they play up and down. You know, not not guaranteed. Um, but uh, yeah, so that was our representative in the big tournament this year. Um, so we took an L there as a conference. Uh, other postseason notes for the MEAC: North Norfolk State played Liberty in the CIT. Now that's the College Invitational Tournament, another tournament. I think we played in that a couple years ago against Penn State. 
something like that. Um, I forgot the score, but Norfolk State lost that game at Liberty. That was competitive as well, but they could not finish or make adjustments, and that finally doomed them. And that's, that's been their story all year. I mean, you know, I watch all MEAC basketball, but, you know, watch a lot of Norfolk State. And they had talent, but their coach, I just say, he stinks, man. Uh, he, he cannot make adjustments, and uh, it, it just—I mean, he, I'm watching the game, and he—he he, he doesn't make you know timeouts, call timeouts to make adjustments. I mean, he just—I guess he wants them to play through it, but by the time he does make an adjustment, the game is over. So I mean, they've got the talent to stay in it, but when they really need some execution or some some uh, uh, you know some strategy, they fall short, and that, that happened again. To Liberty, have you seen any of the Spartans this year? Uh, yeah, I have caught. Um, <laughs> I have caught a few of their games. Um, let me just say this about the Spartans. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, they did lose to Liberty and uh, Coach Jones. I mean, literally, you know what? You remember this show and one and. Uh, with all the little flashy ball players. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you know, they actually had coaches on that show. Oh, they did? Yeah, they did. Oh, yeah, they did, yeah. (laughs) And I think Robert Jones should have been one of those coaches, you know. I mean, I'm dead serious. If you look at his roster, you see Bronx, New York, uh, Bronx again, uh, Philly, you know. You know, he gets these uh, Amityville, New York, you know, uh, another Bronx, New York, you know. So the majority – and Hartford, Connecticut. So his recruiting base – is primarily one part of the country and you know i just think that he kind of reminds me of a i mean i I don't i wouldn't say he's an experienced coach he's more of like uh you know he he gets street ball players you know and i mean you get what you pay for Mm -hmm. i mean (laughs) i i mean and i've seen spartan ghosts i've seen some of the guys on uh the miak fans board you know they complain about that he doesn't make adjustments, and I just, you know, I never see a a a a system that comes out of him. You know, like he has talent. It's not mm-hmm. like he, does, you know, and he lost a player last year. You know, I think had they kept the player last year, you know, they would have easily won the MEAC. I mean, if if he was able to get him to play, you know, I would say, uh, first of all. I th- think sometimes they were too loose at times that sometimes he wanted to slow them down to the point that they ran plays each possession and I don't think that works you know you, a coach has to kind of feel feel his team and then prescribe the right strategy at the moment he was basically like just play until I want to call a timeout <laughs> yeah. and it's not gonna work you know that's not strategy you know I mean, and you can tell, you know, by the guys that he's recruiting. <laughs> he's just recruiting a bunch of, I would say, black top ballers. And, you know, I mean, yeah, black top baller ain't going to play no defense. Black top baller is not going to – wants to dunk and do some little funny pass. But I don't know. I just don't, I just don't think that he is the right fit for that program. And um, I watched him uh, – I watched – uh, some of the Liberty game, uh, the highlights of the Liberty game. First of all, you should not be get letting Liberty beat you like this. You know, no. this is Mm-mm. this is Liberty. You know, this is a conservative school who 
majority of the players, I would say the majority of their alumni don't even watch basketball. <laughs> they probably didn't. <laughs> They probably didn't watch basketball until Larry Bird was in the league, you know. So, <laughs> so I'll, all I'm just going to say is that uh, that was a bad loss. And I'm going to just say this for Bethune-Cookman. I mean, who would expect Bethune-Cookman to be, you know, serious about, about basketball? You know, I mean, even though I know that they have moved into um, the – I think the city uh, arena for basketball, but you know, Bethune Cookman has never been a serious threat in basketball. So, you know, it just wasn't a good year for all MEAC teams that were in the tournament. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, the, the Bethune Cookman uh, women they lost uh, in the opening round of the NIT at Wake Forest, forty-two to seventy-one. So yeah, that's another L. So all of our teams lost in the postseason. Bad year overall for MEAC basketball. Bad year for the Pirates. I mean, it's a rebuilding year, but we didn't win. And and at times it, it was you know interesting to watch. I put it that way. It wasn't like last year. It was good basketball. This year we struggled. So no pe- no postseason wins for the MEAC, and two teams finished over five hundred uh, this year for the complete record in the MEAC. So that was a uh, North Carolina Central. I think they were twenty five and nine. And Norfolk State was maybe 16 and what's that? 17 and 16. <clears throat> That's it, man. Everybody else had a losing record, which is interesting. So, I mean, how do you fix that, man? I mean, you know, there's a lot of talk about uh, the commissioner's performance and as far as leading the conference. I mean, I know he works for the president, but I mean, if you were the commissioner of the MEAC, is there anything that he can do to help improve? or kind of set some sort of, I don't know, standard or guidelines to help improve our competitiveness? Because this is unacceptable, man. It's all bad. Well, I'll just say this. I think it's kind of a little bit out of his hands because some of these athletic programs need uh, those whoop-ass games, you know? <laughs> I mean, I mean, and that's dead serious, you know? Some of these programs need at least about six of those, you know, guaranteed games, you know, a year, you know? And that pays, you know, a big portion of the athletic budget. So, no, they're not going to be competitive. So, I mean, I honestly think for the MEAC to be competitive is that we're probably going to have to do some things that, you know, is very difficult for HBCUs, you know, fundraise, you know, alumni support, fan support. You know, these are, I, mean, I know a lot of us are just trying to keep the lights on. So, um, it's... I mean, that's just, to me, a, a hard pill to swallow and just very difficult. I don't even think the commissioner, you know, could do that per se. You know, he can, he can put out mandates and just say, you know what? You guys better be competitive or I'm going to kick you out of the conference. And if that's the case, then pretty much I would say the vast majority of the programs would be in trouble. So I just think it comes down to the individual university. What are they willing to do, you know, in certain sports? And I will say this too. Certain programs, like, uh, concentrate on one thing. Like, uh, UMES concentrates on women's volleyball, and they're very good at it. You know, Hampton, uh, and they they concentrate on um, bowling too because they've won, uh, I think, uh, a national title. So 
whatever it is that you concentrate on, you you put as many resources as you can into it, and then you work it. You know, Hampton normally has competitive women's and men's basketball programs, so we don't play that many money games. We play games that I think that we have a shot at winning, and so. I would say that would probably be the best formula, similar to what Moten has. You know, we play. He plays schools that you know that dare to challenge him, and so they uh, are competitive. But for the guys like the Coppin States, the ANTs, you know, you just got to get bodies in there first, you know, mm-hmm. and then you know just get it to a a, a good uh, a get. I mean. I mean, just get some wins in. So once you start to get wins, then you can start trying to put resources in those programs. Yeah, agreed, man. I mean, so resources across the board, but it seems like in college basketball, I mean, no matter what, you got to have bodies. You got to have real talented players who can make an impact, but you got to have coaches. And, uh, you know, the teams that have been the most competitive. Uh, recently, uh, I think have the three best coaches in the league, which is Joyner, Moten, and uh, a ham sandwich. Uh, what's his name up in Baltimore? Um, yeah, Bozeman. Yeah, Bozeman, man. I mean, so, I mean, I, mean, I, I think we got to get some better coaches in the league, too, man. I mean, you know, as soon as, as, soon as anyone has any whiff of success, they are out of here with the quickness. So, uh, we got to have some sort of bench or pipeline to keep good coaching in the league. So, I mean, I think we got to get some coaches and get some resources and and uh, get some dynamic recruit recruiters and 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 that can change. I mean, all you need is like one or two good guys per team. If someone got can talk, yeah, I, recruit, I agree with that. You know, that'll help. Sort of like Nickelberry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. <laughs> Oh, uh, don't ever bring him up again. <laughs> well, yes, yes. Let, let's talk about coaching. You know, so coaching, there are some coaching changes and rumors going on in the MIAC, uh, for the men at least. Uh, Bethune-Cookman, they, they fired their coach or they decided to part ways. It's not a bad move. Um, let's see, who else has changed their coach? Coppin State, they fired their coach. I mean, I watched some of their games too. I, I think that was a good move, man. He wasn't good. Or at least he wasn't... Uh, Coppin didn't look good. I put it that way, so I can understand that. I mean, you got to find a way to get some of that Baltimore talent, and especially in their nice facilities they have, they shouldn't be that bad. Um, and Nickelberry, man. So I mean, the Howard folks that I know are pretty down on Nickelberry. Um, they finally started to see what we had told them uh, when they first uh, hired him. I mean, he's done exactly what he did at Hampton. The talent is great. Improve the facilities, but they just can't win. Um, so I think the uh, pitchforks were out for Nickelberry, but he had a nice run in the tournament. I don't think you fire him. I mean, he's got the injuries to to as a as a a reason for uh, their slow year, and uh, then they had that tournament run. Um, so I, I think they they got to bring him back. Got to bring Nickelberry back. And uh, that's C.J. Williams' kid. I mean, he brought him in, so he's gotten better. So I think you know there is a case for him to be brought back as head coach and then Moulton man he's being uh, mentioned for every, mentioned for every job in the mid-Atlantic so so far was the Arkansas State uh, they hired another guy UNC Wilmington they hired another guy um, NC State he was in play there supposedly um, so I think that's going to keep going because he's a good coach but there's a chance he could be lost uh, as well at the end of this offseason so 
Um, a lot of coaching changes um, uh, for the MIAC, man. Any thoughts on those on those coaches, man? Or anyone else need to get rid of their coach, too? I don't know why NCAA uh, A&T is sticking with their coach, man. I mean, they, they got the second worst team in 351 teams in Division One basketball. North Carolina A&T is ranked 350. Florida A&M is ranked 349. But Bethune-Cookman is ranked 346. Good Lord, Howard's ranked 338. Delaware State's 332. So, I mean, arguably, all those guys can use a new coach. But anyway, any, any thoughts there, man? <laughs> you know what? I'm going to just say this. Um, ah, first of all, Bethune had to go. Bethune yeah. gone, you know. <laughs> Bethune and Cop- Coppin State and both lost had to Bethune, go. man. Yeah. Uh, you know what? We, uh, <laughs> that was like Marrow's worst game that was, ever, too. That was I think he eight. was like an offer or something like that, man. Yeah, he was like one for, uh, I think he was like one for like 21, one for 23. Yeah. You know, that was just flat out terrible. But, you know, if you lose, I mean, Bethune-Cookman's program, I was saying, is was sputtering along with Coppin State's uh, program. They sputtered as well. And... You know, then you got the, let's say, the middling programs like, you know, the Dell States, you know, the, <laughs> you know, and, you know, and, and Howard. Now, as far as Howard, I think, uh, I think they need to at least keep, uh, <laughs> keep Nickelberry. And, you know, the reason why is because we need, uh, we need, we need to beat up on them. You know? <laughs> That's selfish. Man. I mean, I, I mean, it's very selfish. Like, okay. I mean, we oh we got uh, South Carolina State and you know I mean all, all these middling programs you know they're fine I wouldn't worry about that but um, Howard was ten and twenty four man. Oh, <laughs> man. I mean I mean I mean A and T is four twenty eight you know A and T I mean they're concentrating wait how they won right four now. games man who did they beat you know what I don't even want to pull it out but I, I would I would not be surprised if it was like a school like Johnson C. Smith or something <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> but you know fam, oh, we, we forgot about FAMU they let go of our old Hampton coach Byron Sam, what was it Byron Samuels oh he was from Hampton too yeah yeah he coached in Hampton I think uh, for two years uh, 95 to 96 oh yeah yeah back then yep yeah yeah so <laughs> So I mean, FAMU, Coppin State, uh, and uh, Bethune are looking for head coaches. And I would just say this, you know, Nickelberry. You know what? I would do this. Nickelberry just recruit and then have an assistant coach coach the team. You know that might work. You know because obviously he is not shown to be a competent coach on the floor. You know. You know <laughs> he what? Though, just... I was thinking about that, man, because I was looking at. His assistants at Howard now, and his assistants at Hampton, and I'm gonna, I'm just gonna assume that his assistants are good, competent coaches. But you know, he probably just don't let him coach. Absolutely. You know, I mean, you recruit a, you know, you, I mean, you think about it. We had uh, Matt Pilgrim who ended up leaving Hampton to go to Oklahoma State in Kentucky, mm. and we had John Natoko. You know, he was good, and we had Hakeem Olusei. And, you know, these were really good players. You know, they all left the program, you know, because they realized that uh, Nickelberry was full of hot air. 
But all I'm just saying is, you know, Nickelberry Kid is probably the best car salesman ever. ever. I mean, best. No, ever. I'm talking about he could sell sin to a preacher, you know. <laughs> he could sell salt to a to a beach. But all I'm just saying, but he could do all that, and then the car wouldn't run, or he'll run the players into the ground. So, obviously, uh, the MEAC just does not have, I would say, uh, a good group of coaches, you know, on the bottom to intermediate level. And, you know, even on the intermediate level, I do think that Bobby Collins has proven to be a decent coach. And uh, the coach at Savannah State has been pre- pretty decent. So uh, I would say it's a down year for the MEAC. And to be honest, a lot of these programs just, I mean, they say they want a, a great coach to come in. But a lot of them just want the job to be filled, to be real. Mm-hmm. Just don't, just don't uh, let the attendance fall to a certain level. That's all they want. But what's that certain level, though? I mean, because, I mean, I know we, we win that attendance award just about every year. But, I mean, some of these other MEAC games, I mean, they might have 500 people in the stands. So, that, I mean, ain't no one's coming already. <laughs> well, um, it, dep- it, it depends on the program. Um, I think uh, FAMU, you know, they did build that uh, brand new uh Stadium, brand new uh, arena, it's and it's very pretty. But the excitement is just not on the program, so they probably do need an infusion of talent, and that will probably bring people there. FAMU historically just hasn't been a good basketball school, but Dune Cookman play, used to play in a high school gym. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I, I would be su- surprised if they, you know, if if their program, uh, you know, took off. Now, Coppin State has always been a very good upstart program, and they do have great facilities, but it's it's in a part of Baltimore where, you know, they don't really have that vocal support, or you know, where people just come out consistently. And I would say, well, like, you look at Delaware State, you know, they do play in a high school gym, you know, and it's kind of in an area where, you know, you have to kind of drive on the campus to go to the game, and it's it's just not an accommodating arena. So I can see why people don't want to go there. Then South Carolina State's arena definitely just needs a serious upgrade, and I've been in it a, quite a few times, and it's just uh, it's drab. And I would say every other program, you know, uh, whereas, I mean, Savannah State does have good facilities, but, you know, they're still an upstart program. So... I would say for all, I mean, that's just individually, but um, North Carolina Central does draw, I would say North, Norfolk State only draws when they're playing Hampton Howard or maybe ODU, but that's another thing with uh, Norfolk State. Why don't you have a, a, a home and home with Old Dominion? You know, mm. I just think that that's just, I don't know, Marty Miller, whatever, their uh, athletic director, that's just flat out I mean, he just dropped the ball. And you know what? Even though it's not our program, I still feel at least that I am in, you know, that I support Norfolk State when it when I deal with how they are perceived in, you know, the Tidewater area. Agreed. Sometimes, sometimes I just want to slap the mess out of Marty Miller. Yeah, and, yeah, I agree with you, man. I mean, I, I like Norfolk State. I mean, I don't yeah. like Howard, but I like Norfolk State. Like, I, yeah, I, I like them. Norfolk State. Yeah, you know, it's not like... 
and you know, sometimes their fan, you know, their alums could be very rude and very disgusting, you know, very just flat out, flat out hood. But you know, that's more of a, I would say, you know, a neighbor neighborly rivalry. You know, Norfolk State is that neighbor next door that got all the cars in the yard, and you know, you know, he forget. Sometimes he comes outside, he doesn't put his interest in. But you know, he's still cool with them. Yeah. But you know you you protect him because there's a neighbor across the street named um, ODU, and you don't want you don't like him. You never did, and you don't want to talk to him. But sometimes he picks on Norfolk State, and you might have to go over there and whoop his ass a few times. Yeah, but, yeah. See, Norfolk State they don't they don't they don't seem to negotiate from strength. No, they always, they're always acting I, like, well, please, can you play us, please? Please. Yeah, they, they go over there with their hat in the hand. You know, it's just like he takes off his hat, puts it up in front. Please, sir, may I have some And I'm just like, dude, grow some, grow a pair of you know what, man. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's sad. It, 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 is, it is sad. It, it is sad to watch. It's just like, man, I'm, it's like just, you know, stand up for yourself. But, um, I mean, I know we're going to get it. I know we're going to hear a lot of flack from, you know, the guys on the board about this. But, no, I, I am talking – I'm talking real. Oh, they know it's true. I mean, they, they – they, I mean, we, we just, we're being – hey, we, we jump on our program too. So, I mean, you know, oh, no. the, we, they, oh, they know it's true. <laughs> yeah, we're on our program. You know? <laughs> oh, I, I just hate to see sometimes the fact that they get treated in a way that – you know, it's like they are looked at as being less than who they are. You know, and who and who is ODU anyway? I mean, thank you. I mean, <laughs> they act on, like they're, they're not Harvard. You know, they're just first of all, <laughs> they're just a state school. They're not even a D go to for the state school. That's I mean, I mean, I can count like UVA first. <laughs> then there's you know Tech. You know, JMU, you know, all of these other, you know, go-to state schools. ODU was, like, last on the list. VCU is ahead of them. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I don't understand that, man. So. I, don't, I mean, I mean, arguably, ODU can, can win by going to, you know, Norfolk State. I mean, they got good facilities, too. So, it's not like oh, yeah, they got. Oh, they got the best. So. Eccles is nice, man. Eccles is oh, nice. Eccles. You know, Eccles is nice, and it's like, why would they not say, you know what? Why don't you guys come play us here too? You know, hey, you know we, you know we deserve some of this too. Why? I mean, what? What do you think your fans are gonna get robbed? <laughs> yeah, I mean, but first of all, Norfolk State. I mean, they act like the school is in like the, you know, it's like in uh, Tikrit or Baghdad. No, it's not. You no, know, it's being gentrified over there. You could take the, the train you. right, right to the campus. Yes, now. you can. And I, I've, took, I've taken that train before. It comes right on the campus, you know, and it's beautiful. And I just really feel that, you know, sometimes I get even more upset when people try to talk mess about Norfolk State than even the people at Norfolk State. You know, it's like it's like sometimes it's like an abused victim. <laughs> it's like, you know, like, no, 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 we're fine. We're fine. No, no, it's not fine. You know? right. so. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> I, 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 good, though. No, we love no folk, man. We love no folk statement. Of course. I love love all you guys on MEAC fans, you know. Yeah. (laughs) Well, cool, man. So, yeah, basketball, hopefully we'll get better next year. Maybe it's just a down year. But, uh, yeah, man, I think we done wrapped the season up, man. 
Hopefully we can do one show, maybe talk about some of the football moves for the end of the season. And uh, go Pirates. Go Pirates.